Welcome to the Global Missions Inc. podcast. This week's episode features Nick Snoke. What I'd like to share a little bit, I feel the Lord put in my heart this morning, was uh, about purpose. And man needs purpose. Now, when I say man, I mean creation. So men and women. Uh, God created man with a purpose and a desire and a plan for our lives. And man has to have purpose to live. We uh, will read the scripture here in a minute, but, but we know we are clay pots, fragile, empty clay pots that were created to be filled with something. Uh, if we look in 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, seventh verse, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, the NLT. Paul's writing here and he says, we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. Man has been created to serve. We are empty vessels that need to be filled We have the saying that idle hands are the devil's workshop. My mom said that to me a bunch when I was young growing up. (laughs) But that's true. When we don't have purpose and direction in our lives, we get in trouble. Not just a young child, but we all mankind suffers from this. We have to have a purpose in our lives. Otherwise, we will flounder and we will come up with a purpose. And if it's from us, our flesh, that purpose we come up with uh, will not be the one that God intended us to be seeking. And because of that, we'll end in um, all kinds of calamity and destruction. As we look around today in the world that we live in, that is more influential and I'll say louder than ever before, We see a world that follows all kinds of different purposes. And these purposes, they, uh, it's almost a flavor of the day. You see this. Today, the purpose might be this social issue and tomorrow it may be this great cause. And we see man will cling to this purpose with everything they have in them. Suddenly today they are on, uh, uh, on this great cause. And they will, it will defy reasoning and they will cling to it to the death. And as believers this morning, we have to recognize that even though we are in this world, we're not of this world, but we can be influenced by the world. And today, the world is so convincing that we meet, we need to be spending great amount of time in prayer and in the word, because if we're not, the world's purposes and causes can start to creep into our life. And this happens because we're flesh. We have weakness within us. As we talked about, God has created us to serve him. 
in our DNA, we are created to serve. And whether uh, the world recognizes this or not, all of God's children have this within them, all of his creation. And so if we don't know the Lord, or if we're not seeking the Lord with all of our heart, we can all fall prey to following these wrong causes, these other purposes. And we need to recognize this and uh, be on guard and aware of, of uh, what we've been created to do and how our nature wants to serve. You know, man will, man will find any purpose in anything to serve. Um, we had the opportunity to spend some time with the Sunbows a couple months ago, and uh, we were on a beach. It's a good place to, to spend some time in fellowship. And we were walking along this beach one evening, and we came across three people sitting in um, lawn chairs that were watching a group of sea turtles that were on the beach sleeping. And so we were excited to see these sea turtles, and we did what you do at night when you want to see something. We turned our flashlights on our phones, and we walked up to 30 or so sea turtles uh, so we could see them. And as we got closer, um, these three individuals, older individuals, they jumped out of their chairs and they let us know very quickly, you cannot use flashlights to look at sea turtles. Because the light hurts their retinas and it disturbs their sleep. And the world is likely going to end if you don't turn your flashlight off on your cell phone, put it back on your pocket. But if you want to see the sea turtles, we have these red lights, and it's scientifically proven that a red light doesn't disturb a sea turtle's sleep. So we'll be glad to shine our red light on the turtle for you to look at it. Why we were getting educated in light rays and turtles' eyes that receive said light rays. Some water balloons came in. Okay. And these three individuals got really upset because somewhere there's some kids that at night like to throw water balloons <laughs> at these people who have decided their purpose is the preservation of turtle sleep. Okay. Now we had, it, it was kind of funny. <laughs> and immediately I looked to see if my two sons were with us or if they were in the bushes <laughs> throwing water balloons. And um, they were there. Brother Sunbow was absent, but uh, the boys were there, so I, I, I don't know. You take that for however you want. Um, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <clears throat> now look, turtles, since God put them in the ocean, have been coming to the beach to sleep at night. Okay? And um, whether you have a cell phone light or not, my guess is that those turtles are probably going to survive and sleep and be okay. Okay? And I, I share this story because it illustrates how man will come up with any foolish purpose and man will be willing to sit in a, a lawn chair all night long surviving a barrage of water balloons because their purpose has become turtle sleep. Now we're laughing at it because it sounds <laughs> foolish and it is foolish. Okay? But that is the world today. Yeah. Yeah. You see, man will follow any purpose. 
And uh, human nature will follow any purpose because they want to have something that gives them a sense of worth, of value. And as believers, we know where our worth and value comes from. Amen? Amen. And man will get into a frenzy seeking whatever it is they feel is valuable to them on that day. And while we can, while we can laugh at, at the sea turtle folks, um, we need to recognize that we're also very vulnerable to this. As believers, because there is flesh within us and we are humans. And sometimes we can get into a frenzy and we can be chasing things that may or may not fully be what the Lord has for us. And the only way that we're going to level set, if you will, is by doing what uh, Brother Mike shared on this morning is spending time reading God's word and praying. Because if we aren't doing that regularly, fervently, we might find ourselves in lawn chairs babysitting turtles. And so it's important that what we are pursuing is what God has for us. Uh, if you'll turn in the, in the word to the sixth chapter of Romans. Again, I'm reading out of the NLT, the 16th verse. Don't you realize that you become... The slave of whatever you choose to obey. You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. So we want to make sure this morning that we are a slave to God and what God has for us, which leads to righteous living. And we don't want to be a slave and into anything uh, other than that. Because we read what Paul says in Romans is, you become a slave to whatever you choose to obey. We want to make sure this morning what we are obeying is what the Lord has for Amen. us and for him. Amen. You know, a, a dog, we talk about a dog's instincts. Right, you know, you can have a, we have a bird dog. Uh, it's a Visla. Now, our dog is afraid of, of gunfire, so when he hears it, he runs and he hides. And so he's not ever been trained and he's, he, he's not a bird dog. He's not used for that function. But in our yard, when we see a bird, our dog instinctually will point. One of his paws comes up and his tail goes out and he points. Now, he didn't know what he's doing. Uh, he has no idea why he automatically points, but he does. <clears throat> and that's because in his nature is to be a bird dog. And in creation, the world doesn't even realize it, but, but they have an instinct to uh, want to serve just like my dog. Our dog wants to point birds. And in that, uh, that empty hole, if you don't have Christ, um, man will fill itself with all kinds of stuff. <clears throat> and will start to serve that stuff foolishly. Matthew, the sixth chapter, 24th verse. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and you will love the other. You'll be devoted to one and you'll despise the other. 
You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. It is, um, it is simple. Man was made to serve the creator. Flesh and man resist serving God, but the instinct is so strong in man to serve that we will fill it with either G big God or little G God. And, and we know that today. That's us today. But here's what we want to be careful with. We don't want to serve our own purposes, our own ambition, our own agenda. We do not want to be kings of our own hell, our creation that we make for ourselves. And in the world, we are taught the opposite. You need to have a plan, you need to have purpose, you have to have an agenda. You have to rise above everybody else and force your will. But that's not the way of God. Now, look, we need to have plans in our lives. Uh, the Lord has asked us to, to uh, we're, we're living in this world for such a time as this. Clearly, we're supposed to be here. You have to be responsible. You've got to get an education. You have to earn an income, provide for your family, uh, these things. Uh, and we want to do that yielding to God and him giving us direction to do that. But we don't want to become so focused on that, that that is our mission, because it's not. Your job is not who you are, it's what you do to pay the bills. <coughs> your ambitions, your sports, whatever it is that you pursue in the natural, that is not who you are. It can be something you do. I like to hunt. I enjoy that. But it's not who I am. It's something I like to do with my spare time when I can. It can't be who we are. In our human life, as we allow some other things to come into it, and unfortunately, I hope none of you have this problem. I hope this is sure that just a solely Nick problem. <clears throat> but I'm, I'm weak to other things. Sometimes I can get, um, uh, I'm a determined individual, so I can get focused on something and really pursue it and pursue it and pursue it and you know, my wife will attest we have a garage full of things that Nick got really into at one time or another. I mean, we've got all the ski gear, we've got all the hunting gear, we've got the camping gear, you name it, because at that time I got into it. What is wonderful about serving a living God is he will get our attention. And when something else is taking up too much focus from us, he has a way of correcting that. And sometimes that way is, is, uh, is, is less harsh, I'll say, than, than other times. The church in Corinth, um, Paul, we have 1 Corinthians that is a um, pretty harsh letter to the church at Corinth in some, some areas because what was taking place in that church was a church that had fallen to serve some other ambitions that were not right. That Paul recognized. So he writes a letter to rebuke them and um, their fleshly desires and their ambitions. And if we could turn to the second Corinthians seventh chapter, we're going to pick up at the eighth verse. <clears throat> this is Paul writing to him. He says, I'm not sorry 
that I sent that severe letter to you, though I was sorry at first, for I know it was painful for you for a little while. Now I am glad I sent it, not because it hurt you, but because the pain caused you to repent and change your ways. It was the kind of sorrow God wants his people to have. So, so you were not harmed by us in any way. For the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation. There's no regret for that kind of sorrow. But worldly sorrow, which lacks repentance, results in spiritual death. So here Paul is saying, when you have to get corrected, now the church of Corinth got corrected by a letter, but in our lives, the Lord may correct us by a word of wisdom from somebody else. Maybe it comes in a letter. Maybe something we're pursuing falls apart and the Lord has a way of giving us reality check. There are two ways to respond that Paul uh, mentions here in 2 Corinthians. One is you receive a sorrow that would lead you to repentance. Lord, you made it clear to me that I have not spent enough time with you. You made it clear to me that I have been seeking my own agenda, that I have been seeking my own glory, that I have been proud, arrogant. You can plug any, any acts of the flesh you want to in there. Lord, I don't want to be like this anymore. Thank you for making it clear to me. This is the godly sorrow that Paul talks about here. Then there's a worldly sorrow. And it lacks repentance, results, and it results in spiritual death. This is a different type of sorrow. <clears throat> worldly repentance... Through a trial or correction, what does it lead to that leads to death? This is a, an interesting point that um, the Lord put on Lenore's heart um, when we were talking about this. And, and when you, instruction in the world, when I'm doing something that I want to do and I receive worldly correction, our first, some of our responses can be resentment. Blame, anger, bitterness, pride, and victimhood. And these are the traits that the world has when they receive correction. And it's important to recognize this because I think this is a human response to correction. It's not my fault. It was that person's fault. Uh, well, I'm a victim. Nobody likes me. This thing fell apart on me. I received some uh, correction. That person shouldn't have corrected me. That person's wrong. Anger. Pride. What does that look like? I'm not going to let them tell me what to do. I'm not going to submit. I refuse to believe that anybody but me is right. And these things we read in 2 Corinthians lead to spiritual death. Because as we do this, what happens? It severs our relationship with the Lord. It severs our relationship with the body of Christ. It can sever relationships within our own families, within the 
community that the Lord has placed us in, that he wants us to share share with the world uh, about him, it can sever us from those things. But if we take the godly reproach, where it leads to a conviction that makes our heart sorrowful, now that drives change that impacts us so that the love of God can be seen in us to all and not the the clay pot that is full of worldly stuff. Uh, It leads to victimhood, resentment, blame, anger, bitterness, and pride. There's a whole bunch more too, but those are just the first ones that, that came to mind. God is calling a people today that he has his very identity in, that he would fill our clay vessels. And he is, he wants to use, as he brings the body of Christ, I believe he wants to use the body of Christ. Um, we keep talking, it seems like our way is changing and the cloud has moved some and we have this great expectation for what the Lord is doing today. And if we want to be part of that, we must yield ourselves to him. And we heard this in prophecy this morning uh, about yielding completely to God. And so as he points these things out to us in our lives that don't belong, that became maybe too much of a priority. And at surface level, we say, well, there's nothing wrong with you having this hobby or this desire. But we when the Lord puts it in our heart and we feel this godly conviction that on the surface, you wanting to do this is fine, but it's taking up too much of your time. It's becoming too much of a priority to you. We must be quick to hit our knees and surrender it to God. And that is uh, a spiritual, we must recognize that our flesh will resist that and it will make lots of excuses why we should not surrender certain things to God. And it will hold on for dear life. And we, you know, everybody knows what I'm talking about here. Uh, but if we want to move on with the Lord and be used fully by him, we have to recognize this. And I would say, you know, for all of us, when something's pointed out in our lives by, um, well, the one that points it out the most to me, I'll be honest, is my wife. <laughs> but 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 when the Lord points things out to us through any means he chooses, if our first response is, you know, resentment or victimhood or pride, that should be a massive warning sign to us. Whoop. Okay, maybe there's something there to it. I don't want to admit to it, but I've got to go find some prayer time and, and the Lord and I need to go visit about this. You know, our our lives are short. We don't want to waste our days. You know, how long do we want to chase our own agenda and our own purpose and our own desires and whatever in our minds we have concocted is what is good? We don't want to do that. We want our days to be impactful. Last night we heard the story of uh, Nehemiah. You know, if you think about Nehemiah, which we heard, Nehemiah is doing good. And he probably feels like, hey, you know, I've got money in the bank. I've got a prominent role in the government. Uh, I've got a really cushy job. I'm influential. Everybody knows who I am. 
And, and Nehemiah was, was, was probably, not probably, Nehemiah was exactly where God wanted him at that time. But then the Lord came to him and, and he revealed some stuff to him. And he had this burning in his heart to go for Jerusalem. And then ultimately, we know what the Lord wanted to do. He wanted to actually send Nehemiah to Jerusalem. And, and so we read, and we'll read here in Matthew, the, the 10th chapter, 39th verse. Uh, Jesus says, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. And that's what we desire this morning. We want to lose our life. We want to lose ourself. Everything that we think is so important, we only want that to line up with Jesus. Anything outside of that is really just us. It's just us wasting our time. I feel sometimes spiritually like I'm on a treadmill in my life where I spend all this energy and I don't make any progress. When I look, I'm up. I'm at the same spot that I was when I started. I don't want to be there anymore. I want to move on with the Lord. And the only way I can do that is when I lose my life. When I drop all the things that I may think is important in the flesh then can I get off the treadmill and make real progress? They, um, it said that you're three people. Has anybody ever heard this before? So you're the person you think you are. You're the person others think you are. And then there's the person you really are. And they say the tighter that grouping is, the more effective you are uh, in life. So... We all know people, there's, there's a saying that, uh, what does the saying go? If I could buy him for what he thinks he's worth, no, if I could buy him for what he's worth and sell him for what he thinks he's worth, I could make a lot of money. <laughs> Has anybody ever heard that? <laughs> Not yet. <clears throat> I don't care about any of those three people. <laughs> I only want to care about what God sees in me and what he has for me. I'll be honest, I am sick of Nick. I'm tired of him. He's full of the flesh and he's weak and he falls for garbage all the time. And I don't want to be that person any longer. I want to go on in the kingdom. I want to become closer to God. That must be the prayer of our heart this morning is that we're not putting any stock in our flesh. We're we're not holding anything back. We're only seeking Christ within us. This year, the the fervent prayer of my heart has been, Lord, fill me. Tell me who I am. I, I don't want to be fixated on who I think I am. I don't want to be in a situation where I, I come out of there and I think, oh, hey, they thought I was smart. Hey, they thought I was funny. I told a joke and half of them laughed. I'm not interested in that anymore. I don't want to be there. I don't want anybody to say, He's impressive in the flesh. I don't desire it. I don't want it. And, and I know as God's children, none of us do. You know, there's nobody shaking their head no this morning, which is good. <clears throat> but, but, but recognizing it and identifying it is one thing. Fully surrendering is another thing. You know, it's easier to die than it is to surrender. That's true. It's easier to die than to surrender. Yeah. Yeah. Surrender in our life is really hard. And our flesh is so cunning within us. 
You know, that, that voice in the back of our head is so tricky. Uh, I mean, if I, I, I just feel sometimes like if I could take that super cunning voice that's always scheming and I could turn that thing fully to God, my goodness, God could use me. Because our flesh, it doesn't want to die. It doesn't want to lose its influence on us. And we'll do anything it can to worm its way in. And, and if, if it can distract us just a little bit, if it can just kind of get us rationalizing, yeah, no, that's okay to be that way. That's all right. You know, it, it, you shouldn't be too humble. You know, if you're too humble, you're seen as weak. You don't want to be seen as too humble. You know, whatever that voice may be saying in your head. Um, <clears throat> we can't do it on our own. Brother Mike spoke about that this morning. The flesh can't defeat the flesh. The flesh can't beat the flesh. Believe me, if it could, well, we'd be doing that in our lives, wouldn't we? And so the only way that we move on in the spirit and the only way we get to where we want to be is complete, total surrender. John, third chapter, 30th verse. This is one that we all know and can can, uh, quote by memory. He must increase and I must decrease. You know, as we sit kind of here somewhat at the beginning of of 2024, that should be the prayer of our heart this year, that he would increase and we would decrease. And as the Lord um, increases in our life, we get to serve the purpose that we were created for. And so in, in closing this morning, I would just encourage us to look at our lives as a imperfect clay vessel that is susceptible to be filled with anything, even ourselves, and to pray the Holy Spirit would come in and fill that vessel and would fill it to the brim where there's not room for anything else but him. And to fully give everything to God, not just a a prayer, Lord, I give it to you, and then looking up to see what he's going to do, but to truly surrender everything we have to come to Jesus and say, Lord, take it all, all my, all my everything. I pray that you would take it all. And when we do that surrender, you got to do it again the next day, too. You got to do it the next day. We have to do it the next day. And it's not a one time, okay, I surrendered to God and I'm good. It's a <laughs> daily, daily activity we must do. And I am confident that as we do it, the spirit in us, you cannot outgive God. It's not possible to outgive the creator. When we give God all of our flesh and all of our ambition, believe me, he gives back to us. You can't even measure how many fold he gives back to us. And when we do that, then we will become, we we talk about the manifestation of the sons of God. That's it right there. We give to him. He moves into us in a greater way and he begins and we mature and he gives more to us. 
He trusts us with more and he trusts us with more. And that area of life that used to be filled with junk, well, guess what? It's vacant now. So he moves in and he takes that over too. And then the, the insecurities and the garbage that we hold on to as we start to let go of some of that, he replaces it with life instead of death. Amen? Amen. If you would like more information about the moving of God's Spirit or resources for your spiritual life, please visit our website at www.globalmissionsinc.org.